For the week of May 22nd, 2022, this is Mojo Weekly. I'm John. Say what? It's Josh. <laughs> All right. Josh, It's uh, we've got one news item to talk about this week, but it's going to take us a long time to get through it. You ready? All right. I'm super excited about this. <sighs> Sony has given us more details on their new PlayStation Plus uh scheme that they're cooking up all right <laughs> the scheme it's the sony playstation pyramid scheme <laughs> get your friends involved that's right that's right mm. josh would you like to buy some of my shares and then and, uh, then... and then i'll tell two friends mm-hmm. and then they'll tell two friends and so on yeah and so on and so on and when you're editing this just keep doing the bubbles of our heads yeah. it'll be perfect uh, I'll, I'll do my best you got the, you got the skills yeah i'm yeah. not doing that um, but anyway, so so as a reminder, there are two new tiers coming to uh, PlayStation Plus. It's called the first one's called PlayStation Plus Extra, which is oh, that's ooh, uh, plus extra. Whoa, yeah, PlayStation Plus ooh. Extra. That's like mm. it's like PlayStation Plus is, Plus. It's yeah, is fun. it extra like the word extra or is it X T R A? This is an Xbox here. This isn't Microsoft. It's it's well, this is what I'm thinking it's like it's PlayStation Extra. Yeah. You could get everything you could get on that silly little Microsoft thingy, but on our side. <laughs> it is simply with an E. Uh, you know, as oh, as the good lord intended it. It's a hundred bucks a year. And then the PlayStation Plus Premium, which is a hundred and twenty bucks a year. So uh, keep it huh. keep in mind as I'm going through this list of games, Josh, that these are just the ones they have confirmed so far. There will be more. Uh, apparently, more than 700 games will be available. Uh, 700 games. 700. Yeah, yeah. I can't even hold in the the excitement and the can't even words right now. <laughs> you can't even words. Um, there will also be, uh, they also mentioned that there will be uh, time limited game trials. So there will be uh, certain games. Cool. Yeah, that is cool. That's a great idea. And it's something that everybody should do, you know, just uh, throw out some right. demos for some stuff, put a hour long timer or whatever on it and be like, here you go, play it, see what you think. So uh, a few of those will be horizon forbidden West cyberpunk 2077 and wwe 2k22 and you get these for a few hours at no additional cost uh to you Ah. so there will be more but those are just a sample so the playstation plus extra and premium tier ps4 and ps5 games include but are not limited to and I'm just going to go down the list and pick out ones that stick out to me. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Because this this is a freaking huge list. So Celeste is on there. Uh, Concrete Genie. Control. Days Gone. Mm. Dead Cells. Uh, Demon Souls, the remake. The PS5 remake. So that's, I mean, that's a big one right there. Uh, sure. Destruction All-Stars. Final Fantasy XV Royal Edition. Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. Uh, the mm. PS4 God of War, uh, the most recent one, uh, Gravity Rush Remastered and Gravity Rush 2, Hollow Knight, Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, The Infamous Games, uh, Little Big Planet 3, Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, both Spider Man games. Uh, let's see, the, uh, the Medieval Remake, 
uh, Outer Wilds, Patapon, uh, the Resident Evil remake, Resogun, Returnal, uh, the Shadow of the Colossus PS4 remake, Soul Calibur 4, Last Guardian, uh, the entire Last of Us saga, all the Uncharted games, uh, Until Dawn, and uh, the Wipeout Omega Collection. Okay, so that's 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 a sampling, and I mean, I got I got sure, yeah. I got to say, like, there's some there's some big names in there, right? There's some big AAA titles in there. Now, granted, most people who own a PlayStation own most of those games. Uh, there are a couple on there that I don't own that I'd be like, oh, I'd like to try that, you know, I'd like to give that a go. So how many of these games have already been offered up to us as free games of the month on just regular old PlayStation Plus and or a part of that, like, PlayStation grandfathered in PS4 mm-hmm. hits or whatever? That one especially. A lot of what you said. That one especially. Yeah, a lot of what you said, um, I've, I've already got. Yeah. I've already gotten them for free. Yeah. Um, and it's... Okay, so the names of this, the big one is PlayStation Plus Alpha EX Plus Premium. <laughs> so the is that the name? The mid tier is extra. The high tier is premium. So, so I, I, here's oh, the thing. one before before you continue. Okay. Uh, this is Go just ahead. one list of games. We've got like two more, but yes, this is the list of PS4 and PS5 games. So far, I, I honest to God, I'm honestly this is this is a thing. This is I, I think this is going to suck. And I'm sorry. I, I want to like it, and I want Sony to have something to compete with Game Pass. Yeah. But the thing is, is for whatever whatever reason, Microsoft has done this correctly. And and I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily a system seller, mm-hmm. but they've done it correctly because they've made a very specific difference <clears throat> between Xbox Live and Game Pass. You don't confuse them at all. If you have Xbox Live, you have Xbox Live. You're playing online with people. You're getting a free game a month, whatever. Mm-hmm. If you have Game Pass, you probably have access to 90% of Microsoft's library on the consoles, the PC, whatever. You have like this insanely amazing, gorgeous deal on great games. Yeah. Sony is trying to brand it together and make it a tier system, similar to what Nintendo's doing with Nintendo Online Plus or Nintendo Online Super Duper. Uh, that would be whatever, plus expansion N60. pack. Plus expansion pack. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> I think... And this is just a year's worth of doing podcasts with you, John. Yeah. When you say it's coming to Game Pass... That flows out of your mouth, and it's simple. And I know that doesn't mean it's coming to Xbox Live. I know that doesn't mean it's just coming out on Xbox. It's coming out on Game Pass. If you, every single time you say, like, this game is going to be available on Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Premium, like, no one's going to say that, and it's never going to catch on. It's doomed. It's wow, it's doomed, he says. It's doomed. This is not going to be a thing. A year from now, we're going to be joking about it. Like, hey, remember the Ouya? Like, the (laughs) shit that you give me? Hey, it's going to be on Stadia too. Remember that shit? All right. <laughs> it's the same thing. This is the same thing. It's garbage. We shouldn't wow. even talk about it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Just stop listening. Go find someone else. I love. I, I love. This is. Oh, this is great. The optimism. No, no, no. Just Josh's hot takes. <laughs> I mean, last week I was defending Square, and today I'm like, nope, Sony's done. They're out. They're done. The console race is over. Xbox wins. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to keep on reading the other tier of the games of this doomed doomed thing. Uh, This is where I got, because that first initial list, I was like, man, there's some big hitters on there. Personally, I was like, there's some good shit on there. And yeah, a handful of them are... And I did think of that too, that they are available to that, whatever it was, the ambassador program or whatever the hell they called it when you bought the PS5, right? 
but uh, there are also some really great ones down there that are not part of that. And, uh, and so for that, I'm like, that's some cool shit there. This next list uh, was what I was actually initially excited about this for. Like I was excited to see, okay, what classic games are they going to include on the premium tier, the upper tier and Gradius five. I mean, right. One would, one would hope since, uh, you know, Treasure and Konami seem to want to do whatever they can to get their old catalog out there. But, yep. so this is the one I was excited for, um, especially like, I'm like, get some great PS2 games in there and I might, I might go for this premium tier. Now, again, I, at the top of this, I said, this is the list so far. It is no way sure. final, but I'm also going to say that if I were putting out a preview of what to expect, I would have done better than this list. You ready? Mm, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe maybe I am. Uh, Ape Escape 1 and 2. Ark the Lad, Twilight of the Spirits. Baja, oh. Edge of Control. Uh, we've got wow. Bioshock Remastered. We've got Dark Cloud <laughs> 1 and 2. Fantavision. Jack, the whole Jack and Daxter saga, pretty much. Uh, okay. Jumping Flash. Mr. Driller. Rogue Galaxy, uh, Super Stardust Portable, the PSP version, Tekken mm-hmm. 2, uh, Good Worms 3, uh, just a bunch of Worms games. And that's that's kind of it. I've, I've almost read all of them, actually. But that's what they put out there. And, and frankly, I'm like, well, I guess there are a couple mm-hmm. things in there that I'd like to revisit just to be like, hey, I remember these being cool, like Dark Cloud and Rogue Galaxy and stuff. Uh, but, uh, right. but other than that, there was nothing here that made me say, oh, damn, I need this. You know, there, there was no, there was no Gradius five. Um, the, uh, the, uh, PS2 Contra games, not in there, you know, kind of the weird shit that I love, you know, <clears throat> uh, I, and, and I know that nobody but me wants this, but Tulip's not in there. <laughs> I was looking for Tulip. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, Obviously, but here's the thing, you know, this could be similar to like the expansion packs on the Switch yep. where these are the starter games yep. and then they're going to add more as they come available. That's totally going to be the case. Maybe, maybe that's a thing. I like how we just mm-hmm. reversed roles. Like I'm bad cop on this one and you're good cop and I'm the last one. Yeah. 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 So anyway, and then finally, here's a list of the uh, PS3 games, which I need to remind listeners is streaming only. So these will not, these are not going to be downloadable because the PS3 is a boondoggle disaster of a console. All right, so we've got Azure's Wrath, Castlevania Lord of Shadow 2, Demon Souls, the original version, if you want to play that instead of the, you know, the new new one, uh, Enslaved Odyssey to the West, which is actually a good game, uh, the Eco Remake, Infamous One, and again, more of the Infamous games that are available in other forms. Uh, this, These are the two that I was hoping would be there, and I'm glad they are, uh, the two Motor Storm games. My opinion, best games on PS3. Love those games. Uh, yeah, a whole pile of Ratchet and Clank games, uh, Resistance Three, uh, Super Stardust HD, Tokyo Jungle, and a bunch of other stuff. But those are kind of the highlights. So that is the list that they have uh, released so far. I don't know. That's a good couple hundred games. Uh, Five hundred to go, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. I will see. And I know that you know we were being over the top. <laughs> Uh, uh, whatever about it, but no, no, there's no over at the top about this at all. Oh, okay. Um, you know, here, here's the thing. Like, yes, we want games from 
a past era. We yeah. want, um, you know, PS1 and PS2 and PS3 games. And, and of course, the PS4 and PS5 and whatever should be included altogether. But there's one massive library of games that's completely missed out here. And I'm not even talking about PSP or PS Vita. I'm talking about all those digital-only games that came out during the 360 and PS3 era. Those games that are just, poof, gone into the dust. That Konami or Sony or anybody could rebring them back and just say, hey, do you remember this random Bomberman Online? Or hey, (laughs) do you remember this uh, Hardcore, that Contra spinoff that was just called the Hardcore? Mm -hmm. Um, That was like an awesome Konami game or an awesome Contra-style game that was like super, super forgotten. Um, uh, fuck up until a year ago people forgot about scott pilgrim that really really great game where people were selling ps3s and xbox 360s that had that digitally downloaded on it because that was the only way you could play it because it was never available on steam um there's tons of games out there that that sony could literally just go back and grab and say like hey here's uh we're gonna add cthulhu saves the world because why not you know (laughs) because it's fucking hilarious and people would get into it and i think that's untapped potential there for a ton of good games i mean Dude, I think there's a, just a mindless, endless amount of really great games out there that they're completely forgetting about. So far. So far. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, 700 games is a good start. Maybe it'll be 1,000 a year from now, and I'll be eating, I'll be eating crow, and I'll just be sitting uh, there like with egg on my face. With the ouya. I doubt it. It'll be gone. Jesus. <laughs> there's no stadia. There's no ouya. I was excited about that. You fooled me once. Shame on you. Fooled me twice. Shame on you. Me? Yeah. You? Whatever. Uh, in more PlayStation Plus news, uh, Ubisoft oh, good. Ubisoft has announced that Ubisoft Plus is coming uh, to the extra and premium tiers. So, much like EA's Origin uh, is partnered up with Xbox on Game Pass, uh, Sony went to Ubisoft and was like, hey, give us your shit. So, what does that mean for, uh, for PlayStation folks, Josh? Uh, it means that... A stack uh, of... Ubisoft stack games. of Assassin's Creed and, and Prince of Persia and Rayman, I assume. So there will be 27 games available at launch. Uh, 25 of them are Rayman. Games. <laughs> <laughs> they include Assassin's Creed Valhalla, The Division, For yeah. Honor, uh, Child Holy of shit. Light, Far Cry 3 and 4, uh, okay. Steep, South Park, The Fractured But Whole, uh, That's a good game. Steep is excellent too, by the way. The Crew Two, Trials Rising, Watchdogs, and Werewolves Within. There are others, but those are um, those are the highlights. And uh, they said by the end of the year, there will be more than fifty games available on the PlayStation. Just from Ubisoft. Just huh? from Ubisoft. Wow. Yeah. Well, good on, good on them. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I know they need to buy up and partner things because um, at this point, you know, you'd assume this, the, these programs or these uh, these services they're offering, they're not going to include Bethesda. They're not going to include any S- Skyrim stuff, nothing that Microsoft has purchased over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to need to kind of make partnerships with Ubisoft or maybe a Square, or maybe hint, hint, Konami, yeah, yeah. you know, or something because Konami needs the money. They need they need fucking lunch money for tomorrow. So you better <laughs> send them something. And then finally, in our PlayStation uh, Premium Extra Plus Gigantor edition of the news, is uh, trophies. Trophies will be coming to all, uh, it sounds like, uh, all of the uh, classic games. Um, because, oh, uh, that's kind of cool. So Siphon Filter, the makers of Siphon Filter, said that they're... Uh, their game will have trophy support when it launches on modern consoles through PlayStation Plus. 
Um, and so that, I mean, so I, I, I need to clarify, not all, it hasn't been confirmed that but all some. classic games, yeah. but this means that <laughs> PS1 classics and all the other classics could potentially have uh, trophy support. So that's just, that's just more proof that the hacker community really, really does rule video games these days, because this is something that it's good to see that retro, uh, our, um, retro achievements and retro arch have kind of paved the way on proving that this is a really good idea. Because if you do have retro arch and you play emulators or ROMs and stuff like that, you can link up your retro art, uh, retro achievements. Geez, I can't say that right. Achievements uh, program to it. And while you're playing Ninja Gaiden 2, and if you beat a level in a certain amount of time, or you're playing Battletoads and you get through the turbo tunnels in a certain amount of time, boom, a little thing will pop up and say 10 Achievo points. Achievo looking for chivos hey it's a thing and it's actually really cool and it's made playing retro games through especially on like retro arch and stuff like that a lot more fun because you can get random achievements for being really good at games that you've been good at for 30 plus years makes it kind of fun to replay those kind of games so thank you those guys for us telling sony how to do their fucking job uh one more uh little uh postscript to all this and i don't have the news item in front of me but they, Sony also announced that if you purchased like a, a PS1 game on your Vita or on the PS3 or whatever, right, and it becomes available through the through the premium or extra service or whatever, you will still be sure. you will be able to access that game even though you're not a subscriber. So let's say like me, I purchased a bunch of the Ease games, right, on my Vita to play on my Vita. Oh yeah, but. And then let's say I'm not a PlayStation Plus premium subscriber and those Ease games become available on that service. I'll still be able to play them because it's in my account. It says that I own that game oh, so I can, cool. I can go on and play that. I think that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. So yeah. so if you like, um, say you were a, a Sony guy and you have the PlayStation 1 and PlayStation 2 and say for me, like I got Dragon Quest 8 sitting up on my shelf over there. Can I just take a picture of myself holding it and say, "Hey, yeah. hey Sony, can I yeah. can I have this too now?" Yeah, yeah, you just, you, you just and then need it'll to be like, "Yeah, you bet." You need to scan the UPC. You need to scan the UPC oh. and you'll be good to go. Okay, perfect. Well, then that's good. Then then it's a good plan on Sony's part now that that is covered and we can figure that out because physical is the way to go because that shit's going to evaporate and you'll be ending up with nothing in the long run. Uh, hey, dummies, that last part's not true. Uh, just saying. No, it is true. <laughs> it is true. Physical. Buy physical because this shit. No, no, no. The, no, you. the part about scanning the UPC is not true. Oh, yeah. Well, it's all a web of lies. It's uh, 17 minutes of lies so far on the podcast today, guys. <laughs> lies and and really outlandish statements. Uh, so with that, <laughs> let's move on to our uh, new releases. Outlandish all right. releases. Outlandish releases. All right. Uh, first up, we've got Hard Space Shipbreaker for the PC. I watched that on the Playboy channel. <laughs> Hard space. It's fucking sci-fi porno. Hard space. Exclusively for the Nintendo Switch. Uh, here we've got some sort of Nino Kuni mobile game called Cross Worlds. So there's I that. heard about that. A lot of people are complaining about it. They said it's not good. I don't know anything about but it. I mean, I've seen advertisements for it, but I don't know much about it. Yeah. Uh, Roller Champions for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Ooh, is that a is that like Katamari Damase or Billy Hatcher? No. Or is it Pachinko Roller? D? <laughs> what is it? Roller Champions? Roller Champions. 
Roller Champions. It's a, it's a very unique name. I'd never forget it. <laughs> uh, sni- Roller. Sniper Elite 5. And that's for everything except for Switch. Oh, no. Cow the Kangaroo. Uh, Isn't that KO the Kangaroo? Sure, you can call it KO too, I guess. I don't know. I just K-A-O. Cow. 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 I guess you could say cow. Uh, that's for everything. And then finally, this is our pick of the week, Josh. Uh, this is well, this wait. is Pac-Man Museum Plus. Everything's got a plus oh. at the end of it these days. I don't know what the plus stands for, but it's Pac-Man Museum Plus. And here's what it's got in it. It's got Pac-Man, Super Pac-Man, Pac-N-Pal, Pac-Land, Pac-Mania, Pac-Attack, Pac-In-Time, Pac-Man Arrangement Arcade Version, Pac-Man Arrangement oh CS Version, <clears throat> Pac-Man Championship Edition, Pac-Motos, Pac-N-Roll Remix, Pac-Man Battle Royale, and Pac-Man 256. That is coming to everything, Josh, and also Game Pass. Oh, my. Yeah, see, there it is. That that actually sounds pretty cool, and our, our good friend Pickle Friction will probably be very excited that Pac-In Time is included, because he loves that stupid game. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I see Pickle Friction going live at, like, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. I know. Whenever I wake up, I look at my phone and it says pickle friction is live. And I look at the timestamp and it's like four hours ago, four hours ago. Yeah, you missed him. He he wind up. Well, he wound up doing that because it works better with his schedule. He used to do it before work, but then he'd wind up anyway yeah. being sleepy because he had to wake up early for it. But if he gets off work at two or three in the morning, then he streams until four or five in the morning. So it works better for him. Yeah. But unfortunately, it does not work better for us. Yeah. Us being the rest I haven't of the world. Seen him in I haven't seen him in like a month. Yeah, me either. Me either. Son, of a, son of a bitch. All right. Speaking of sons of bitches, <laughs> it's time for Dale and his Retro Recap. Hey, what's son up, Mojo Wheatley listeners? This is Dale, and welcome to this week's Retro Recap of the latest retro re-releases, remasters, oh, yeah. and remakes. As always, credit goes to GSK from Retronauts.com, StrictlyLimitedGames.com, and LimitedRunGames.com. You can find links and info to all this week's releases in the MojoMenace.com forums. Let's get to it. Snow Brothers Special is arriving on the Switch in both physical and digital releases this week. It is a remake of the two-player action puzzle game with all new visuals and survival modes and 30 extra stages on top of the pre-existing 50. Physical release retails for $30 and includes downloadable content that allows players to play as all the enemy characters as well as their abilities. The digital release goes for 20 with the DLC marked at an extra $10 separately. Also hitting just digitally this week is the Weekly Arcade Archives $8 release, which this week is Trio the Punch for PS4 and Switch. It is a 1990 Data East arcade game that saw players control either a ninja, swordsman, or tough guy characters in a horizontal action platformer that also switched up the camera zoom-ins and giant enemy sprites that were randomly inserted at various points in levels. It also is the background music for this week as well. Next up is Kirby 64 The Crystal Shards, which is hitting the N64 channel on Switch this week for all Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass subscribers. It is the first polygonal Kirby title that debuted with 2.5D gameplay in 2000, 
and GSK notes it wrapped up the story arcs from Kirby's Dreamland 2 and 3. Moving on, I am on equal grounds with GSK on never hearing of this Boulder Dash style puzzle game called Superplex until today, although I do like the name. It first hit PCs in 1991 and brings over all 110 stages and adds in save states and speed settings. It also was apparently released on Steam and mobile platforms last year as well if you want to go that route. Next up is The Legend of the Dragon Flame High School Collection, which is a re-release of a 2011 Xbox Live indie game that was an homage to the Kunio Kun beat-em-ups and goes for $5 on Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. Finally, the original soundtrack for Fantasy Star is receiving a vinyl release with pre-orders opening this week on Ship to Shore for $30 and includes the original American music from the Master System release in addition to the expanded audio found only in the Japanese version that was once only possible with an FM adapter. This will also include liner notes by one Jeremy Parrish. And that wraps it up for this week. You find info again on the mojomenace.com forums for all this week's releases. Back to you, John and Jish. What is that, a bird? Attempting, yeah, Attempting you know, bird. butterfly, bird, whatever you want to call it. All right, Josh, it is time, my friend, for the spotlight, and you had a great suggestion once again. Man, you're on fire these days. Uh, we're gonna what I do. We're gonna talk about working designs, which was always one of my favorite third parties. Yep, uh, same. And um, interesting third party because they never really came up with their own content. They just translated games for us. Our yeah. good friend Victor Ireland, man, he is. Uh, he had quite the idea back in the, uh, <laughs> yeah. was that late, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, working designs, they started out as just some like software company. They weren't even in the game biz. Uh, Victor Ireland was working for the company and he was like, Hey, let's, I'm, I love video games. Let's, let's like get into the video game publishing side. And they started translating games, starting with the turbo graphics. And I'm pretty sure, uh, that their first game was parasol stars. Uh, um yeah i i think you might be right in alphabetical order they they list them on uh stupid wikipedia but yeah i think it was parasol stars was a turbo turbo chip game where they translated that Mm -hmm. uh, to the u.s so the turbo the american release on the turbo chip was done by working designs they actually did two turbo chip games which would wind up becoming the only games they ever did that were cartridge based and not cd based Mm -hmm. yeah so that was my first exposure to them was with parasol stars and then later with later with kadash uh and and both games i really loved uh they they Mm -hmm. they translated both of those and brought them to the u.s for the turbo graphics and parasol stars especially it's still one of my favorite turbo games um, but I, th- that is awesome. I think over the years, working mm-hmm. designs became known for their style of translation. Yep. Uh, yep. Their style, um, specific types of games, uh, especially like, um, Japanese RPGs with lots of anime style cutscenes. Yeah. Um, my first experience with working designs was cosmic fantasy too. Oh yeah. Yep. So the turbo CD got a beautiful, uh, it's interesting. Beautiful for its time. Like the cutscenes, yeah. the storyline, the graphics, even the music, all mm-hmm. amazing um, in its time. Uh, really, really good early 16-bit style RPG. Um, very, very uh, average at best um, battle system with yeah. a horrific 
uh, bit of uh, random battles. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. Uh, I remember I remember playing that as a kid, and uh, I I don't think I was. You know, I wasn't as experienced with RPGs at that point. Like I'd played Final Fantasy on the NES, but, you know, just a bit, not a ton. And so this Cosmic Fantasy 2 was like my first RPG that I played from start to finish. So I didn't realize how bad the random battles were, like how how frequent they were yeah. until years later when I went back and tried to play it again. And I was just like, dang, when I got to that second, you know, that second disc and and, and it's just like every five steps I'm having to fight just like a like you said a very basic turn-based rpg battle rough Uh it was rough it is is very rough very rough but it's such a good game um it's so unique and the storyline is really what drives it so you almost want to force yourself to play through as far as you can get just to see the next bit of cutscenes or the next areas and stuff like that because it does such a good job of making you excited to meet new people to see who's going to join your party because it's you know interchanging part party members where it's like well, I'm going to go and see you later. Good luck. And it's like, wow, Cosmic Fantasy. Why is it called Cosmic Fantasy? It, it, it actually merges two different, entirely different type of video games or storyline styles. It's almost like you're playing like a Xanth, like a Xanth world where Pierce Anthony, he wrote a lot of sci-fi and fantasy worlds that clash like that. Whoops, sorry. Um, but in Cosmic Fantasy, you start off very basic. You're, you're working your way through a village. You're kind of walking around town. And then all of a sudden, boom, space, yeah. like spaceships. And, and this whole world is just completely gone, flipped upside down. And man, Working Designs picked really great games to translate and bring them over. And yeah. it's funny, too, because when I think of Working Designs, I always think of this long, long list of Turbo Graphics games and this long time span where they did so much work helping the Turbo Graphics to kind of be a be a big player in the game and, and they actually did get uncredited for a couple games that they worked on i believe they also did dungeon explorer 2 uh the music and the translations they worked on that as well um but actually it's sony and sega where they spent most of their time yeah like mm-hmm. after the turbo it was like they they really stuck with sega until like the end of the saturn era and then they were like you know what <sighs> we got to jump. We got to make money. Yeah. Otherwise, we're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Because it's like dying system, dying system, dying system. Let's see. Turbo Graphics, Sega CD, Sega Saturn. No one buys their games. Like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I remember uh, I remember seeing them jump to the Sega CD and being really like, uh, oh, I yeah, I was like, oh, shit. Uh, yep. that, that was it was one of the many uh, signs of death for my beloved Turbo Duo. You know, it's like fuck. Yep. There's a there's a working designs game coming out on Sega CD, and oh goddamn, it looks really good too. It looks so uh, good. You yep. know, and they did they started doing Lunar and Popful Mail and stuff. Um, yep. But uh, they you, you mentioned that they went on to PlayStation, and I feel like that mm-hmm. is where like they hit their peak. Um, because uh, Lunar, sadly, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, <laughs> Lunar, the Silver Star story, um, and that's also when they started releasing these big bundles, you know, like big packages of yeah. like like cloth maps and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. And and some of the stuff was just ridiculous. I remember the Ark the Lad collection, and it had like little figurines, like that you would like. They look like Candyland figurines, like little cardboard things that you'd put in a standee, and then. I'm like, yep. why? Why? Like, what is, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, it's crazy. I like that they're trying to do like 
interesting collectibles, but at least make them cool, you know? Honestly, and they were the pioneers of this because yeah. this is the type of shit that you and I, we eat up now. When somebody's like, hey, we're going to come up with a Skies of Arcadia box set or, or, you know, Sonic Mania where it's a giant box and some figurines and stuff. It's like, ooh, we eat that shit yeah. up. But like, this is flipping 20 years ago now, yeah. more than 20 years ago. And um, when they made the jump, because um, in this, the thing is, is when they, the last game they released on the Saturn, I believe was Magic Knight Ray Earth. And that had came, that, that t- the, the translation process was such a long process that they took forever to bring that out. And I think what they did is they brought it out, and this was 97, 98, yeah. I don't remember what it was, but it was so aged at that point because that was actually a almost release title for in 94, 95 for, this, for the Japanese Saturn. And it took them like three or four years to get it over to us. And it looked, it looked like an old game. It looked like an early Saturn, late 16-bit type rpg i would know i'm playing it right now and it's so infuriating <laughs> um, but i think what they did by learning that they learned their lesson that they are going to take games that are a couple years old lunar the silver star story complete was actually a sega cd game that they were yeah. you know taking the the work that people had done to sort of update some of the graphics update the anime cutscenes, so they look a little prettier it looks a little colorful more colorful and they're like okay what are we going to do here because this game's going to come out and it's going to look incredibly dated yeah let's put all the production into these cloth maps, bigger boxes. Um, you know, fuck, we'll just throw a strategy guide inside the box with it so they yeah. can go through the guide while they're playing it and yeah. adding all this extra stuff. They wound up doing that with like Lunar 2. Alundra had a big double double CD box with all kinds of extra shit in there too. Yeah, um, yeah just tons of really cool stuff. And I loved working designs. The PlayStation 1 era, whew, they put out so many good games Yeah, um, for that system. It's crazy. Silver Star Story Complete is um, probably up in my top five rpgs i've ever played i love it so much i love that i love i love the style i love the work they put into it they redid the soundtrack like they just did so much they did they put so much work into it and i adored that game i I played the hell out of it um it is really good the uh the, the the job they did on the sega cd original though is also very good yeah um, and I think what they were doing with this was kind of because it's a PlayStation. This is the system that literally was the best selling console of all times. So like who had a Sega CD who had, you know, a very small market uh, part portion of the market had it. So now it was like Lunar, this great game that nobody that nobody had really experienced before, except for a very small market of a group of people. Now everyone got a chance to experience it and it just exploded and working designs was on the map. It was like you think of Square, you think of Enix, you think of working designs, too, now because they're fucking putting together beautiful beautiful games with awesome presentation with all the extra stuff too so i loved it it was great yeah and so before we wrap it up we should also just mention that working designs also a little controversial with their translations because they would throw some references to pop culture things or things that were going on in the world at that time and you know pure purists tended to tended to get a little uh crabby about that you know they wanted to you know, bit, yeah. wanted to keep it keep it straight, guys. Keep it straight, and uh, and they also from time to time would mess around with the difficulty of the games. Um, oh like, yeah, like Oops. Exile, uh, Wicked Phenomenon, Exile, Wicked Phenomenon on the on the mm-hmm. Turbo Turbo Graphics. You know, games like that. You know, so sometimes they they try to tweak the difficulty, and it would go the wrong way and not work out well for anybody. So they weren't without the occasional issue. Um, and then, so they did that with a couple games. They also did that with cosmic fantasy two, where they like made some items completely useless because they thought that people got poisoned too often. So you just basically can't get poisoned. However, you can buy elixirs to stop yourself from being poisoned, <laughs> which you'll never get poisoned in the game. Yeah. Um, but there was a couple other spots in the exile. Interestingly enough, and I don't want to take a total derailer here, but there is someone out there who has uh, hacked 
the Exile Wicked Phenomena and Cosmic Fantasy 2, and they call it the unworking designed or the unworked yeah. working designs versions, yeah. where it's the original Japanese version, but with working designs translation together in one. And you can find those ISOs or ROMs out there. Not that I condone that, but you can, <laughs> if you own the game, you might as well patch it to make it play correctly. Yeah, so exactly. Those are out there. Um, and then uh, after the PS2 era, era, or kind of right in the middle of theirs, when working design shit the bed, they just, I feel like their game choices weren't necessarily the smartest yeah, like in the ps2 era yeah like mm-hmm. they were choosing games to bring over that weren't necessarily games that i would have chosen i was like really we need growl or whatever you know um yeah but well i think what they had done is they built a market that they couldn't compete with anymore because when companies were like well why don't we translate it ourselves and bring it to the u.s then all of a sudden it was like there was an rpg boom in the ps2 era yeah and i think working designs themselves created that yeah um entire community of people that wanted more games anime was at a booming time japanese rpgs were huge everybody wanted to play more of those kind of games but it was like working designs like well can we can we bring one over and it's like here here's sylphid the lost planet why don't you bring that one over suckers and it's like oh cool yeah were you going to comment at all about the demise of working designs we're going to talk about the last thing they were working on before they died Uh... i remember pieces of that and it was another reason why i hated sony so much so I don't know if this is 100% fact, but I just know this is like this is like 2006 or 2005 or whenever it was that it all kind of came crashing down. But for a long time, this is uh, something they were working on for well over two and a half years. Um, Konami built a new Goemon game for the PlayStation 2. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, a new, P- new Goemon game is coming out. And uh, Working Design somehow managed to scrap together the cash with Konami to work on translating that and bringing it over in the U S and when it finally came done, and this is still a game that people are searching for to find where it is because Victor Island swears it's 100% complete, but Sony fucked him over. Um, Sony had a very strong stamp of approval that they were really, really whoring out during the PS2 era, apparently until the end of the PS2 era when everything came out looking like worse than dreamcast games. But like, um, Working Designs presented it to Sony, said, okay, we're ready to go. And Sony denied them and said, no, this game needs to be cleaned up more. It looks crappy. It's got tons of bugs in it. There's issues, which is fine. Working Designs and bugs, it happens. Yeah, it's probably yeah. like Wicked Phenomena where, you know, where they messed up the whole game. But like, um, and then apparently that's what bankrupt them because they could not afford, they needed that cash. They, like, honestly, if Kickstarter or GoFundMe was around back then, they would have just thrown it on Kickstarter and said like, we're almost done. We just need to clean up the resolution yeah, and yeah. make the battles make more sense or something like, here we go. We'll release in six months. Just pre-order it. Yeah. You know, whatever. But they, they died. And that was the end of working designs because from what I understand or what I've heard, that was the end of working designs because uh, Sony fucked them over. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Sony. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Sony. Thanks a lot, Sony. <laughs> Ruining everything for me. Uh, uh, so Working Designs folded. Uh, Victor Ireland went on to uh, create a company called Gaijin Works. And they were around about that. Yeah, they were around for about eight, nine years. And they, they put out a handful of games uh, on the Wii, on PlayStation Network uh, oh, sure. and stuff. Their last game looks like it came out in 2017. It was called Summon Night 6. There's a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. So there's more stories that go along with that. But that's those are stories for a different that's day. For a different day. All right. All right. All right, Josh, it's last question time again. And once again, I have put this question out to our Discord community. So you have a little bit of time. Uh, this this actually ties back nicely to our conversation about Cosmic Fantasy 2 and about uh, how I was a kid and I played through it and I didn't know any better. I was like, well, I guess this is just what RPGs sure. are. And then I tried going back to it and I was like, what the fuck? So uh, this week's question is, 
Is there one game that is beloved to you, but you're afraid to go back and play because you're afraid it might lose its magic? All right. So while you think that over, uh, I am going to read some responses. We got lag and he says his best example is Half-Life 2. He tried replaying it last year after not having played it since 2007. And uh, time has not been kind. He said he's scared to go back to Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, because he's afraid it might be jankier than he remembers. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have here? Uh, Stitched, he says Witcher 1 uh, would be hard for him to go back to. Must have been a beloved game for him. Iceman says Shenmue, and I'm like, yeah, I can relate to that. I tried going back to Shenmue. Yeah. I tried going back to Shenmue. Like, when I first played Shenmue on the Dreamcast, like, at launch, when it was brand new, loved it. I, it, yeah. it was immediately one of my favorite games. Uh, almost 20 yep. years later, it's garbage um, and uh, lost all its magic. Uh, let's see. We have got... Uh, Tex, he says he's afraid to go back to Earthbound. Um, he loved it as a kid. That's an interesting choice. And he feels like if he tries to go back and pick it up again, the magic won't be the same. And I, I of course, immediately replied and said, I can trust me, the magic's still there. I just played through it a couple years ago and it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, and uh, Beaver says uh, the first uh, couple Ratchet and Clank games. Um, you know, back in the day, they seemed beautiful, fantastic. Uh, hmm. And uh, compared to the new ones, he doesn't want to go back to the old ones now. Well, this is actually, since I do spend a lot of time playing retro games, because I still say a majority of the time I, I'm playing old shit. Yeah. Um, while I do spend some time playing some newer stuff. Um, like it, it, a lot of the games that I've always liked, or at least I've always enjoyed, I've stayed very close to me, you know, like I'll pop them in once a year and pop, try it for a little bit. Um, but for a good example of a game that I'm just now nearly done, I got about an hour and a half, two hours left in it. And it is honestly a game that I'm, I, I'm dreading finishing it. Just uh, honestly, it's the same exact thing that you had said. It hasn't aged very well. Yeah. And that's Magic Knight Ray Earth. Mm-hmm. Because the memories that I had playing through that back in like 98, were how beautiful it looked how it was like almost paying homage to the 16-bit slash early 32-bit era and i really enjoyed the game and right now um i didn't get to see it best yeah and it's crazy because i always loved that game and now having played through it recently and, and i'm nearly to the end i just can't wait until i'm done with it and i honestly doubt i will ever play through it again it's not that the game is bad by any means it's just a far cry from some of the best 16-bit action rpgs i'm talking it is nowhere near as good as Secret of Mana. It is no good as is nowhere near as good as Blazing uh, Soul Blazer. I mean, um, and East fucking mops the floor with it. Like the dungeon design and the just the interest in the way that you like figuring out puzzles and be able to like get through it and be like, aha! Now I feel so much better. Yeah. Like Magic Knight Ray Earth literally just uses the advantage of having pretty graphics and stuff to like get you through it from big anime cutscene to next big anime cutscene because none of the dungeons are very intelligent. They're not very fun. They're usually very gimmicky, and uh, the only reason you get stuck in them is because the game itself gets in its own way. Yeah. Um. And there's a huge unbalancing act in the game. It's like at one point you're like, nothing can kill you. You get hit like 50 times and you're like, half my damage is gone. And then you finally get to the next area and one thing knocks you all the way down to like one sliver of life left. And it's like, the fuck's going on, guys? You know, like, 
that that's the one magic knight ray earth i i if i had known that i would now kind of not like the game i probably would have never played it like i want to leave my memories alone yeah like (laughs) uh my answer is anything on the n64 and oh yeah and that's our show (laughs) i thought the show was i thought that console was garbage when it was Uh, new i hated it. i mean there were some magical experiences for me on there the super mario 64 ocarina of time sure uh perfect dark golden eye like stuff like that i like they were truly like wonderful experiences for me uh when i was when i when that thing was uh first around you know back when i was in college um now anytime i try to go back to an n64 game i'm just like what what the fuck yeah what am i doing why am i playing this that that one that we we announced today about new releases that kirby 64 i think is aged fairly well like it's that 2.5d where it's still kind of like cutesy looking and Mm -hmm. i think that's probably a game that would be fun and easy to go back to but you're right those uh early 3d platformers in 64 with all that man turok (laughs) i couldn't imagine wanting to try to play that ever again with all that fog never no no, thank you. All right. Well, that's it for us. If you want to find more of our stuff, you can go to mojomenace.com. On the main page, you can find links to our forums, our Discord chat. If you're in our Discord chat, you can answer these questions and we'll read them every week. Uh, and then also, of course, our merch store. Go buy a t-shirt. We got all sorts of crap. Uh, and then uh, twitch.tv slash mojomenace. I should probably start streaming again at some point. Just haven't had time youtube.com slash mojo menace where we post the video for this show and you might even be watching it right now if so hi hi uh other than that everywhere on the social medias you can find us at mojo mojo menace josh where can they find you i thought you've been doing that uh the crank and wink games on your twitch stream lately no no that's just been youtube i just I, oh I just oh, been, shit. been revealing Sorry, those on youtube oh oh gotcha um crank so yeah wink. if you'd like to can crank and wank yeah, he's yeah. been doing his crank and wank series yeah. check out mojo weekly's uh crank and wank on mojo menace.com um no uh if you want to yeah there's this crank and wank um cranking okay sorry uh if you want to continue the conversation with me about what i'm going to play next on my twitch stream um you can always at me at underscore joshua turbo don't forget the underscore as it is the most important underscore in all of the universe i'm going to probably play tokimeki memorial on the super famicom next. Ooh, boy All right, that's it for us. We will see you next week. Bye. That's right. We'll see you next week on Mojo Weekly with John and Jan.